This is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com. And the official Dallas Cowboys app. First down. Jason Witt is in the end zone. Intercepted. Sean Lee. Oh. Touchdown. Des Bryant. Now, your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Brian Broaddus. Taylor Stern, and Rob Phillips. Welcome, everybody, into the SWBC Mortgage Studio. It is Tuesday, so it is talking time, and we've got lots to talk about here at the Star in Frisco. Of course, always joined by my lovely colleagues here with lots to fill you in on. And and unfortunately, I was informed pre-show, Mickey will not be debuting his single here today. Uh, yep. Another did, time. I did everybody a favor. You promised so many people. I did everybody a favor. Was that the duet with Dean Martin? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Bringing him back to life, hologram style. Or maybe it was Perry Como. <laughs> Perry Como, there you go. Wow. Yeah. Huh? yeah. You want to keep going back further? <laughs> I can go with you, Mickey. But nowadays, who knows we'll dro- who will drop a single while we're on air today? Never know. That's when you 80 never Things know. was released. Yes. And it blew our minds. Yep. Almost sure as much as the uh, incredible Minnesota miracle. How about that? Brian, you always say that. It's hard to win in that place. Hard to win. Yeah, and they were 10 seconds or so from winning. So uh, that's uh, it's unfortunate. I actually talked to Sean Payton yesterday. What did he say? I did. He just uh, was saying that uh, they needed to play better in the first half. Yeah, that was uh, – he did says, hey, it doesn't come down to one play. But he said we made too many mistakes in the first half of that football game. First shutout for the New Orleans Saints in the first half, yeah. 61 consecutive games. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh, longest God. record in the league. Yeah, he Sh- Shouldn't fall behind 17. That's what I'm saying. He said, you know, if we, we made some mistakes, and, you know, I guess everybody's saying, you know, the, the kid made made a big mistake there at the end. But we, guess we just didn't play well enough the first half. And that's, you know, I mean, he's uh, good spirits and all. But, uh, you know, it, it's a big opportunity they missed there. You know, they're running – you're getting to the end of a career with with Drew Brees, you know, and you don't know how many more of those runs you're going to get to make, you know, and it all kind of comes down. You think you kind of have everything in control, and and it doesn't work out at the end. Give strange the lady, credit. yeah, strange lady. It's a strange lady. Give the Vikings some credit though for keep for the ability to keep playing at the end of that football game. So kept playing. Did he? He's trying to avoid a penalty, right? I thought so. Marcus My, Williams. I, yeah, I thought so. And he, he was Jimmy too, Johnson was said so afterwards too. Yeah, was, I was good to hear that. Yeah, they thought there was a flag or something. And well, honestly, like when the drive started, I thought they were in trouble because potentially because they haven't been able to stop him in, through the air the entire game and a lot of grabbing and holding to prevent guys from running free. And that's eventually what they tried to avoid. Might have been a penalty anyway because he was coming in early. Yeah, Williams, if you remember, he also – they had a third down play, I believe, where he was in position defending the tight end along the sidelines, and he had his back and his hands up. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to get him for not looking for the ball. You know? Yeah. That's And I'm thinking, well, that could have been a call right there. But, uh, no, I mean, that's uh, that's tough. So stuff happens. What a crazy yeah. You guys game. watch those 40, 43, too. Did you notice that – it was the same number of the guy that Drew Pearson beat there for the Hail Mary. Oh, Nate Wright. Yeah, did you that hear him? That was 43. Yeah. Whoa. Did you hear him that? come out and talk about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was telling him, you know, Diggs, this touchdown is going to stay with you for life. And yeah, it was pretty cool to hear him talk about it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it'll be immortalized in the yeah. future Minnesota Vikings. Facility. Maybe it gets Drew off the hook up there. Yeah. yeah. They don't love him up there, so, do they? Yeah. Mike Zimmer they was 10 so seconds bitter. away from losing another playoff game at home. 
you know, that just shows you what happens. You know, how the how in coaching. cruel manner. Because yeah. the other one was a missed, missed what, field goal. 27 yard field, field goal. goal. At least yeah. they were indoors this time. Zim, yeah. Zim deserved it. He deserves something lucky to happen to him after everything he's been through. His eyes. That's, career. that's a good point. His, his, yeah. his eye, you know, family stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah, he's been through a lot. You know, even when he left here. He didn't want to leave, but no. his contract was up, and Bill didn't dragged his feet if he was going to stay or not, and he had the opportunity to go to Atlanta. And then that guy ups and leaves after didn't even finish his first year. No, left them all hanging there. Yeah. yeah. At Louisville, the head coach at Louisville. So, yeah, it was. he's had some tough, tough breaks and getting through that eye thing, and we all know how stubborn he is and – you know, he he didn't want to miss the game to have surgery, no. and they basically told him, "Okay, go blind then, lose the game or lose your eye. Yeah. What, what do you what, what's more important to you?" Yeah. And they basically had to strap him down, and then for him to come back and uh, have something very fortunate happen to him. Seven Heaven was the name of the play. Uh, that's what they're calling it. That's no, that's the the play. Oh, when Diggs was interviewed afterwards, they asked him what the play is, and he goes, "Well, I don't like to talk about plays and names, but." This one was uh, called Seven Heaven, so it's a seven route. Yeah, yeah. And basically, heaven like hope for the hope for the best. Hope for the best. It's probably the same route that Witten ran that time in at the Giants. Remember when Bill went up there and they they got the game st- uh, kicked the field goal to they get ran it. They ran an top. out though. I thought it was an out. That his day. was an out. Yeah, but it was kind of a cross right. to the left side. This right. one was to the right side. Right. So Billy yeah. Cundiff, right. Uh, yeah, fifty some yard field goal. Yeah. yeah. So I just thought it was funny. Is there time on the clock? You better better be careful. Stuff floating on social media. Oh man, these people who were filming themselves at the end of the game. You know, there's this one guy, he's a Saints fan, he's in a huge bar. You can tell all Saints fans around him. And somebody commented and said, You can actually see the moment his heart breaks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there, you know, there were different ones where they set the play to Titanic music. It was awesome as he's running into the end zone, arms wide open, just yeah. hilarious. Not as good as Jets dance to anything, Brian, but yeah. very close. Love, love Jets dancing. Love that. That's my yes. favorite. But you know what? They came around and were very compassionate, I thought. Uh, all the people that met the team at the airport afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, I saw that there was a highway sign on I-10. It said, that's, o- that's okay, Marcus. Uh, we love the Saints. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, and then – Okay, Mark. Did, did you see what the, the headline was at the time, Picayune? Expl- expletive, expletive, they expletive. They had stacked expletive, expletive, expletive. Yeah. That was pretty good. I had to. I felt like I needed to call my dad, and I did, and he's okay. I've been a fan for 50 years. <laughs> for the Saints? Yeah. It was, I mean, that's tough. He's Man. getting up there, you know? You got to worry about his heart a little bit. I love the whole Vikings hashtag of bring it home because they could. They could go to Philly next week and – get a win and go to the Super Bowl playing in their own home stadium. Yeah. And- Brian's been talking them up. They got the best defense in the league. I think it was a year early. Yeah. Should have waited. What, Minnesota? Yeah, I think last year I was kind of talking them up as a team I wouldn't want to have to play. Oh, you've been doing it this playoffs. I've been talking yeah. up the Eagles and I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. AFC, NFC title games. Case Keenum, Blake Bortles, Nick Foles, and Tom Brady. What the was, quarterbacks you love and know. What was the Schefter? I think he had the uh, stat that it's like combined playoff starts for those three guys about equal Brady's Super Bowl title list. Yeah. Like it's uh, 
it's there's a disparity there. Does anybody here. like Jacksonville going up to New England? Yes. I love it. You got a great defense in the playoffs. You got a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. church, man. Yeah. Why not? Get himself a ring. Maybe. Why not? Oh my gosh. See, when everybody everybody keeps pointing out uh, the quarterbacks, yeah. But what they failed to point out was the four teams that are left. They all are ranked in the top five in scoring defense. Defense. Yeah. That's why defense. you get away normally yeah. with a quarterback like sure. that. Minnesota's sure. first, Jacksonville's second, Philadelphia's fourth, and New England's fifth. Yeah. So, uh, where did the Cowboys make the Cowboys? They were in top 13th, 13th in scoring defense and top 10 in defense. So, of the top, like the top 12 teams, uh, only two of them uh, didn't make the the playoffs the Chargers and Baltimore. Yeah, if you watch the Jacksonville against Pittsburgh, they're in the backfield almost every play. I mean, just making Ben's life miserable, so it doesn't matter. Whether you're the goat, you know, if would, they're going to harass Brady like that, they got a shot. Would you put Jalen Ramsey on Gronkowski and take your chances with everybody else, and think that that Bouye and those guys can cover up any other problems you have? I mean, no, I'd have to think about that. Who's the, who's the one weapon you would worry about in this type of a game, Gronkowski? I don't I, think you'd worry about the other guys, well, would you? I, I think you worry some about Amendola. They miss they miss Edelman. They miss having that extra yeah. guy that can yeah. but he's work been, in space. He's been but... catching more stuff down the field. Yeah, uh, the games I've seen. Bouye? White. Well, maybe, and see. If I think I think Gronkowski. I think that I think Jacksonville can match up with these guys pretty sure. easily. I mean, I, I, if they can rush the quarterback but, but, the way they've been. But do you worry about make Belichick, them hold the ball? Worry about Belichick drawing something up to throw Bortles off though. I mean, this is the oh, he's going to make Bortles. He's going to make Bortles have to beat him. Yeah, he's going to yeah. make Bortles. That's have what to... they did to the Titans. I mean, mm-hmm. they were like, okay, your defense is decent, but we're just going to expose your offense all day. He's better not at it. get in a a forty five forty two game with New England. Yeah, I don't know uh, if we'll th- see that. But though. gosh dang, Rock, I mean, the guy threw for almost five hundred yards yeah. in Pittsburgh. I know. I mean, they got in a shootout game there. And came out at the other end. Where do you think it's harder to play, Hinesfield or uh, New England? Well, New England playoffs, uh, but the but the, I know, but, it both... but the Steelers got beat twice this year by Jacksonville at home. Twice. I don't think that's happened since been 10, 12 years, maybe yeah. on that one. I was shocked that Pittsburgh couldn't stop their running game. Fournette was running all over him until he got hurt, and then I New England worries away. about the same thing. That's why they went and got that dead Harrison because yeah. they can't set the edge. Yeah, he's pretty good, Fournette. Yeah. And you know, it wasn't a lot of big runs. It was that three, 30. four, it was Zeke, five. Yes. Yeah. And it just kept pounding away when it should have been one or two. Yeah. You're right. That's what I thought of. It's like, this is Zeke out there. Yeah. And they never let him rarely get to the outside. It was all between the tackles. Nate, Nate said it best defense and running game travels. Jacksonville's got that. Does they got a quarterback that won't turn the ball over, though, too. Can, can you bring your horn with you to the way game? Oh. The, the the horn the Viking oh I don't want the Viking horn oh that's miserable I wonder no, so piece. if they play there they're not allowed they can't allowed to have that in the Super Bowl no right they don't even run things like all their signage I did, will be down yeah I heard, I heard they game. do I do her I did hear they get to use their facility if they play oh yeah okay they do, they do get to use their facility if they play they don't have to yeah. give it up like no the whichever. University of Minnesota would probably be the other place yeah it was team. last time yeah it was there. and they, they've got a nice uh, I think it's Nagurski Center is what they in, in I hope it's new compared to the one that the Bills uh, oh, practiced new. in yeah 
That was an old, yeah. like, field house. Yeah, they're, and, they're, they've updated it. And I've told you about how Buffalo was worried about the, the, the at Southern Cal the next yeah. year. Yeah. Well, that year, there was a row at the end of offices up on the second floor. Sure. And they saw a light come on in one of the offices, and they went ballistic. It was the assistant coach's office yeah. for the University of Minnesota. They went running up there to see who was spying on them. Who's doing it? Hey, like the playbook got stolen from Alabama last week, so you never know. I'd like to see Jacksonville win this game. I really would. So you want Jacksonville Vikings? Is that what you're calling it? That would sure. be good. Sure. Portals. Absolutely. Keenum. Yeah. Super Bowl. You'll still watch, though, won't you? Yeah, I will. See, I think I want Jags-Eagles. That'd be Jags-Eagles. Jags if they're going to get there, they better score more than 15 points. Okay. Do it. That defense is nasty. Have a cheesesteak. Yeah. Philly. You know, so many people were against cheering for Philly this past weekend, saying I could never root for them. Why not? Brian, I know you're one of them. Raise the hand. I used to work there, too. Yeah, you did. No, we have footage of it. And Ran it's the awesome. draft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll get into all these coaching craziness and who's going where and who's staying. So stay with us. That's next. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas in football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. This is Talking Cowboys. Oh, Tommy John, you're the best. Pick your plays, not your wedgies. Tommy John is the most comfortable underwear on the planet. Comes back by a no-wedgie guarantee. If you suffer one in your Tommy Johns, they'll give you your money back. Guaranteed. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Well, here we are sitting at the Star in Frisco. Just wondering who will be coaching for the Dallas Cowboys <laughs> next year. Yeah. Different things. You know, so many things happened last week. We had assumed Basaccia would be joining the crew with John Gruden in Oakland, and that was confirmed when 
Gruden had his press conference, and then now, you know, Pollock, we learned that on Friday, I believe. Friday was when that was announced that he would be going up to the Bengals. Yeah. And then Paul Alexander came down here. And now last night, you know, we see on Facebook, which is always a handy resource, Eberflus. Yeah. Most likely confirmed to head on up to be the D.C. with uh, good old Josh McDaniel. So. Yeah. At where? Colts. Colts. Yeah. Colts, Colts. It's craziness around here. Coaching craziness. But they haven't announced that he got the job yet, right? Right. No, they've. they've I assume he's got it, though. Yeah, they've told candidates that were attached to the job or guys that interviewed that they're going in a different direction. So they're kind of clearing the decks in case those guys need to go get other jobs. They don't, you don't want to hold somebody up and yeah. without them having the opportunity, but it does sound like Matt's going to go on, you know, and that's a great opportunity for him. If he becomes the defensive coordinator with the, the Colts, you know, good for him. You know, I'm sure there's some people out there saying, well, you know, why would, uh, you know, why would you not make a move with the guy here and, do that, but you know, the coach is obviously a head coach, and ownership feels comfortable with uh, with Coach Marinelli. So you're not going to make a switch there. Mm-hmm. Got to figure that out, though. You know, you got to have some position coaches to uh, yeah. to, to to hire. It's uh, it's a lot of movement for a staff that's retaining its head coach and two coordinators. Two coordinators. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I made a little list before we got on the air, and it's like you know. Six, seven positions that are in flux right now. I mean, you just can just go down assistant? the list. Just one assistant coming back. Is that all? Read us, read us the listy. Well, I heard, I heard that Gary Brown. Gary Brown. Gary Brown is. It's, uh, yeah. I had heard before he even went to Oakland that they wanted him back. Absolutely, yes. And that he wanted to be here. Right, had some opportunities. Dragged their feet, and it was like yeah. he, he better watch out for himself. Houston was a team that was in as well yeah. with him, and then I know he got some interest from Penn State, which is his alma mater. Oh, really? So yeah. So yeah, that was kind of one of those things that, uh, yeah, the, the you know they're they're kind of taking their time on, on this uh, the search, which you know we thought that they might, but Paul Alexander seems to be in the building. Gary Brown will be. They had him in here for his interview on Wednesday. What's your list? Um, well, we, Paul Alexander. Okay, God, they said Gary Brown. Why would you need to interview? Him? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and, and as of you know over the weekend, it sounded like he was in fact going to return. Um, you can just go down the list. Hey, Wade Wilson at quarterbacks coach. We talked about him last week. They've got to replace him. Could be Kellen Moore. Could be somebody with a little more experience. And maybe Kellen has a role somewhere on the staff. We'll have to see. Uh, they got to replace Derek Dooley at wide receivers coach. Tight ends coach Steve Loney's retiring. We mentioned Paul Alexander. We can get into him a little bit. Um, and then there's some question on the defensive side of the staff. Joe Baker, Greg Jackson reportedly have expiring contracts. Uh, there's been reports that, you know, Baker's not expected to come back, not confirmed by the Cowboys, and then we talked about Eberflus. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a long list uh, for Garrett to address. How much credit would you give Eberflus for the development of Anthony Hitchens? I think he was one of the guys involved in bringing Anthony Hitchens here on the workouts and stuff like that. I I, 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 I like what, you know, Matt has always had a good relationship with those linebackers. I mean, talking to Sean Lee about him, I know Sean, he's always, Sean's so positive to begin with, but, you know, I think they really liked Matt. Matt's a tough guy. We've all watched Matt coach at uh, out in training camp. He's very vocal. He's in your face. You know, he's, he, he appeared to me and watching him, how he worked with Rod Marinelli was a little bit of a sounding board. You know, there was, uh, you know, when you watched how, uh, the plays or the defensive calls went in. They went through Eberflus to get to the field. So yeah, there are a lot of. Uh, I, I feel like that that 
they're losing a guy that they 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 had a lot of respect for. You know, and and, to your point, he was he got that passing game coordinator title before last season, so he was involved in kind of that. They're trying to shore up the communication between the front seven and the secondary, and you know, by the end of the season with those young players back there, they did a nice job. Yeah. So everybody kind of felt has felt like he's been the heir apparent for Rod, but. You know, it's looking like maybe it's not heading that way. Well, it. I, I, I was thinking maybe they can, with Basaccia leaving, they can entice him to stay and name him assistant head coach and stay at, at linebacker kind of a in a place setting until Rod decides he wants to retire. But, you know, last year he had some feelers too. And the San Cowboys, Francisco. Cowboys didn't let him interview. Right. So you had a feeling with an expiring contract that if somebody came after him with the same – opportunity that he would take it i'm just and i'm not talking out of turn here i don't believe but you got to look at your situation with these coaches and really what's what's ahead for jason garrett this is an important year for jason garrett going forward how does it how do you think that impact it, it does because because coaches no you know, i know i'm asking no, what you're no, saying no I, I think it does i think that coaches look at situations and say okay do i you know coaches that don't have a job or out of contract you want to keep your name active. You want to keep coaching. You know whether you make a one-year stop in Dallas and then it turns into four years at the Colts or three years with the Buccaneers, whoever. But you got to keep your name in. The minute you fall out, people forget about you, out of sight, out of mind. Unless you're Norv Turner in in Carolina, that that was a little bit of a shocker there to me. But coaches see, you know, they see like, okay, if I can move on and get three more years. Get four more years. That'll make me, oh, I'll be 57 years old, 58. I'll have enough money. I'll have the lake house paid for down in Austin, yeah. Texas, and I can just, if I get let go, I could just go be that guy. John Gruden just got a 10-year contract in Oakland, so he's yeah. not going anywhere in but, Oakland. Not that Garrett is yeah. here, but, but – well, And, they, and they, had to form, they had to make the contracts with these guys where it's like two years in Oakland and two years in, in Las Vegas. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at security. You're trying to think, how can I – you know, th- let's be honest – this will be a job that if there's not success, at least getting into the playoffs, that, that that will be under scrutiny as will there be a change. Which means if these guys that are available to for jobs have an opportunity like two, where are you going? Yeah. You're going to go somewhere where a new head coach just got hired and has a four-year contract? Yeah. Or are you going to go somewhere where everybody's saying – you know, and, and maybe nobody in the organization, but the media is point, pointing out yeah. that, oh, if he doesn't do this, you're, yeah. you're going to take that chance? Yeah. Now, if you if you don't have another opportunity, you will. Yeah. But if you got to weigh a decision, that's going to factor in that and, and money. Give me the security. Give me the way that I can continue on. I, I understand, hey, there's, there's guys here that don't want to leave. I mean, they don't want to leave. Their contracts are up, and they, they've made a choice. The, 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 the organization has made a choice, and then there's some guys that they made the choice for you. We talked you about know, Joe Baker. I don't think Joe Baker wanted to leave, but you know he was. He they're not bringing him back. We talked about this a little bit, and it's different circumstances at my alma mater, A and M. But Jimbo Fisher, now he got major money to go somewhere else, but it was also an opportunity where you know Florida State maybe could get fired of, next year. Could yeah. be, you yeah. know. And yeah. now all of a sudden he's got a ten-year opportunity, and not that it's a better job than Florida State, but it was an opportunity for security. Not that anything is truly guaranteed in coaching, though, sometimes. No, but, not at all. Right. It's year to year, pretty much. for Coaches, yeah, operate under that. No, oh. You've got to win. It's a replacement business. For yeah, sure. so tell me about Paul Alexander. You know, he is confirmed to be the new O-line coach here. Pretty much the new official hire that we have so far down that list. What, what should we is, know about him? 
Go ahead, Mick. No, I was going to say, have they made the announcement? Yes. Here? I don't think it's official yet, official title. I think it, he's supposed to be here, presumably to run the O-line, as Tay said. Uh, I think Mark Colombo is still going to have a role uh, doing something prominent on the staff, whether it's still assistant O-line coach, maybe it's another j- position on staff, but I think uh, you can count on him being there because he was in the mix uh, to maybe take over for Pollock. Um, but, yeah, I, I think you know he's this guy – ran the Bengals O-line for 23 years. He's got a lot of experience. And kind of what Brian spoke about on our show last week, can bring some ideas, some new ideas, yeah. new uh, viewpoint of things coming from the outside on how to maybe you know improve what they're doing with the run game, with the pass protection, all that kind of stuff. He learned under – when I first started the league, he learned under a line coach named Jim McNally, who was – What a, a name. Yeah, Jim McNally is a, was a very successful coach with the Bengals when the, in the Boomer Esiason era mm-hmm. – uh, you know, if you look at Anthony Munoz, guys like that, you know, he coached a lot of those guys. And Paul Alexander came in and and learned from him. Uh, again, you know, he's a guy that's a little bit more, they, they talk about, you know, power schemes and zone schemes and stuff like that. I wouldn't worry so much about that. Paul Alexander can adapt to whatever scheme they want him to run. If it's going to be a zone scheme, he, he coaches do it with the players that they have. If, you know, he obviously came in and said, hey, listen, you know, Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan, when they interviewed him last week, they said, hey, listen, this is what we do. And Paul says, well, this is this is what I've used to do at Cincinnati. Power blocking. Yeah. And this is how, you know, and a lot of it has to do with when you don't have the personnel to do what you want to do, you have to adapt. You have to adapt your personnel to the scheme in order to have success. And I think that if you look at Paul Alexander, he will be so happy to walk out on that practice field and know that he's got three Pro Bowl players and one potentially at right tackle that could be on the cusp of being that guy, the next guy, the next of the four. And then now let's figure out who's playing left guard. It's going to be a a really a good opportunity for him to come in and have that ability to kind of mold the group. He's not going to sit there and try and reinvent the wheel. that's That's not the plan. The plan is to say, okay, what can I see in my guys that will be different than you know what he had in Cincinnati? Because he can come with ideas about how to run the football, how to have some success. Look at what they go. You can go all the way back to some of the backs that they have, and I know people have said, oh, they finished in the bottom half of rushing, and some you know, look at the personnel when they had guys that were you know when they had top talent linemen, they were good. They were good at running the football. You know, you, you, I, I, you know, you go all the way back. I mean, the, the Bengals have had some backs come through there, the Rudy Johnsons and Corey, Dillon. Corey Dillons of the world. They've had guys that have run the football and not, not just high-level guys. I mean, they've had guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, to say that, oh, Paul Alexander, it's a bad hire, da, 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 I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I, I, I will say this, though. If Paul Alexander and this group fails, then you can complain about somebody else next year. I'll say that. But I think you have to give Paul Alexander a chance. Again, I, I respect what he's done in his career and what he, who he learned from with Jim McNally. I think Jim McNally is one of the best line coaches I've ever seen. I think it was a situation, too, where they, they changed offensive coordinators in Cincinnati midseason, brought in Bill Lazor, did a nice job Two down the street. games in, wasn't it? Yeah, a few Didn't games that in. that where Ken Zampezi? Yeah. Yes. Was, and he, yeah. Yes. They they got shut out like yeah. two games in a row, and they right. fired him. Right. And Brian mentioned it. They did struggle running the ball, and I think Paul was kind of in charge of that part of the operation. And maybe you know they just wanted he wanted his own guy in there, you know. But you can't argue with the experience. And I, 
you got to have players in this league, and, and they've There's certainly no got doubt. players yeah. here when when they're healthy. When Tyron's healthy, he's as good as it is as yeah. it is in the league. I, I I could say I think that everybody needs to take a step back and let this thing play out. You know, and and and, and I think it's important for Jason Garrett. I, I mean, to me, I, I look at this. I would rather have veteran coaches come in here that do have some different ideas. Nothing against young guy. Nothing against Mark Colombo. But let Mark Colombo learn another year or so. Let him learn, you know, and if, if things work out, you know, maybe maybe you lose Mark Colombo. Maybe you don't want to lose Mark Colombo. But I, I think that in just saying, okay, elevate this guy, elevate this guy, and you have the same thing, no, no. Yeah, because I'm thinking about some other young guys that are helping on certain position groups. Of course, Kyle Valero has been with Dooley since I think Dooley got here, right? Yeah, I mean, he, and, and if, you, if you talk to people about Kyle Valero, he is really Scott Linehan's caddy. I mean, Scott Linehan, you, there's certain coaches, and I mean this in respect, there's certain coaches that need guys underneath them that get practice ready, that get the, you know, the cards ready, that get the film ready. You have to have guys like that. You have to have young guys that are the grinder guys. I'll give you an example. I talked about him earlier, Sean Payton. I was on a staff in Philadelphia. Sean Payton was John Gruden's caddy at Philadelphia. Sean was responsible for everything to get practice ready, the film ready, the meeting ready, all that. You know, you, you have, have to, to be there. You have to be there. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's that, that there, you need guys like that. But if you're elevating a bunch of guys that might not have the experience, I mean, that's a little bit of a different. That's the thing. I mean, if I'm a fan, I'm thinking, well, why elevate a bunch of guys, have a bunch of young guys? I don't mind one or two guys, but if you had the whole staff of young guys, you might not get the same ideas. And, and I, I do think you could see a, a assistant or two be promoted here. Um, to it, the Guys that are well-respected on the staff that have a shot at it. Sure. But, but yeah, I do think they're – obviously, with Paul Alexander, they're looking outside the organization, looking at ways they can fix things and experience. I mean, God, the guy was in, you know, 25 years with one organization. I think that says a lot about him. Plus, he played. Yeah. And he was assistant head coach yeah. also. So, he's got a lot of experience. You know, and sometimes – it's not always bad to have some different voices. No. Because if you, if you keep this and, – and I know Tom Landry did wonderful with basically his same staff forever. But sometimes you got to get in some new ideas and a new voice, and I think guys react when there's a new position coach. Think about when you played and you got a new coach or you moved to the next level. How hard did you try to impress the new coach? Right. And, and, you know, sometimes when the, you get the same voice all the time, you take it for granted. And, and so, you know, this might you, – you never know. It, it might juice them. Now, from a continuity standpoint, you hate to do almost the entire staff uh, if you just have Gary Brown coming back, Mark Colombo, Leon Lett. Uh, but other than that, it's it's all changing, and yeah. got to find a special teams coach. I, I think Brian mentioned players, and you've got Zeke, so the running game should be the running game here. Not saying that coaching doesn't matter, but I think with with Zeke in place, they're going to run the football. Um, pass protection to me is the biggest thing. Mickey's spoken to that uh, down the stretch. Dak got 22 of his 32 sacks in the final eight games of the season. They've got to find a way to fix that. With Tyron Smith on the field, you hope he's playing 16 games next year. But without him, maybe that's a depth thing. Maybe you got to get better personnel potentially. But uh, maybe there's that's a coaching thing too. Can can you find ways to scheme things up and 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 do a better job of protecting your quarterback? We'll yeah, see. No doubt. I mean, you're talking about elevating guys with young young guys. 
Kellen Moore's in the mix, obviously, for Wade Wilson's job as quarterback right. coach. And then last week we heard Miles Austin's name thrown around a little bit for Dooley's spot. What do you guys think about that? I think that there was a lot of speculation on a lot of guys being elevated. Yep. And uh, my understanding was they were going to make an extensive search yeah. uh, for guys that were available, and it wasn't going to be just this automatic rising of guys yeah. that have been helping out. Like they're candidates, they're they're getting looks, but I by mean, the think end about of it, Miles, Hi, was he coach of the year? Has he's, he coached? He's been yeah. more on the scouting personnel yeah. side, yeah. Yeah. yeah, assistant, yeah. So See. you know, maybe he gets, maybe he moves from assist the. Uh, personnel department and they make him like Leon started. Yeah. You're the assistant assistant wide receivers coach. Right. But I don't know that he's ready to run a room. Yeah, I just think overall though, and I don't mean I hate to be get off my lawn. Yeah, back of the day guy. But when I started in this league in nineteen ninety two, these coaching staffs were really small. And to be honest with you, I think they were better. You know, because guys had to coach their position. You know, now you have assistants to the assistants. Go on any go on any team's website and look at all the assistant coaches to assistant coaches to assistant coaches. You know, give me the. You know, I, I, to me, it's it's it when it, when the staffs were smaller. You did you had guys like Butch Davis, Robert Ford, you know, Dave Wanstead, Dave Campbell. You had you had guys coaching positions. You didn't have a bunch of other assistants guys. You had these guys that were locked in, and the and the players were not farmed off to another guy. They were coached by, you know, they were coached by Dave Wanstead or Butch Davis or those guys. And they didn't have anybody else to go cry on their shoulder if they didn't like what the assistant coach exactly. was doing. Exactly. You always get another sounding board yeah. when you have too many of those guys. Good players make good coaches. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there will be much to learn about this week as we continue on hearing about the coaching changes here. When we come back, we will have Rob's Twitter poll and we'll get into Bryce Butler's comments and maybe Mickey will feel vocal at the end. So, Oh yes. I think you two out of three ain't bad. (laughs) Yep. We'll be back. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas based Jack Black, is the number one best selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit getjackblack.comslash cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? 
It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. This is Talking Cowboys. Oh, when it's cold outside, nothing better than a good, hot Papa John's pizza. Oh. Especially with those ingredients that they have with fresh vegetables, 100% pork and beef, pepperoni, and best of all, if you were watching the games on Saturday and Sunday, you can still buy one, get one free. It's Papa John's. Good stuff. All right, Robert. All right. What's your poll? It's kind of weird to just have one a week now. You know? I know. But uh, so I'm trying to pack in a lot of discussion in one poll. I, we'll get to free agency here in the coming weeks. But I thought it'd be interesting to throw this past you guys. Besides Demarcus Lawrence and Anthony Hitchens, we know the Cowboys want to bring those guys back. David Irving's a restricted free agent. Which of these unrestricted free agents to be do you guys think the Cowboys need to bring back most? All right. Four options. Bryce Butler. Tay teased him in the break. Jonathan Cooper, L.P. Latticer, or Alfred Morris. I bet you a lot of fans didn't realize L.P. was a free agent. I know, right? We always just forget about him. Who are you? Exactly. Until he, you know, because he never makes a mistake. We take him for granted. Who you guys got? L.P. Woo! You don't take him for granted, Mick. Nope. I, I, I agree with Mickey. Okay. L.P. Yeah, out of that list, L.P., Best at his job, most consistent at his job, right? Sure. And we talk about who's the best at his job. You're right. Sean Lee, the best at his job, you know? Yeah. We used to say, kind of say about Dan Bailey, too. Is Dan Bailey the best at his job? But I think the consistency that you've had in the, in the special teams is a lot of it has to do with LP. You the know? operation. The operation. Being clean every yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, he almost wins the poll. He gets 37%. 43% goes to Jonathan Cooper, your starting left guard in 2017. Now, we'll see. They could they could try to upgrade that position. He might get a better offer elsewhere. What do you guys think about that? I was just going to say seriously. Why? Why do you say seriously? Well, I, I don't mind bringing him back, but I'm not going to overextend myself with a contract to bring him back. Did you draft a guard? Or, yes. Or, you, you gotta, I gotta, we brought up on the draft show this morning. Connor Williams, the tackle from the University of Texas. I've been saying it for two weeks. I want a tackle, Who could play second, guard. third round, yeah. somewhere in there, fourth. I don't know. I can't convince That's, you to do it at 19? If, if he can play tackle and transition to guard, I, if it was like something that there wasn't anything else that enticed me, I would do that. Absolutely. We had a mailbag question about this this morning as well. And you said – because. The question was, can you find that guy in free agency? And you yeah. said it's probably easier to do it through I'm going to draft that thing. I would, I would rather draft it. Yeah, me too. Because if he's in free agency, You're, somebody else didn't think he was good enough yeah. to start for him. See, the thing about it is, though, you know, it's funny. We see that, that Calais Campbell's doing a great job. They, they, if the one team that hit on free agency, they're in the AFC Championship right now. Yeah, but and they he, had the most money. They, no, they no, had no, enough no. money to fail in free agency. Yeah, but they evaluated the position right. Yeah. They evaluated Clayus Campbell right, and they evaluated Bouye right. And they've also got, though, some – That's hard of, to do. That's got, hard to do in free agency. Jacksonville also, 
they've been bad for a lot of years, but they hit on their draft picks too. They've got a lot of homegrown guys that are doing a hell of a job, specifically on defense. Ramsey, Jack. So it's a combination. Yeah, I mean they've they've no, done I, I, really I, I well. I know what you're saying though. I know what you're saying. I mean they I, had like they were like sixty million underneath the cap, so they could overpay Barry Church, where the Cowboys couldn't do that. They could overpay Calais Callen. Yeah. Uh, Campbell. Campbell, where Arizona probably didn't have the space to do it. Right. You I mean, Arizona, I don't think they're stupid. Like, oh, this guy's not that good. Yeah. They, it, sometimes your hands are tied. Yeah. But if you got a lot of money and overpay what the money We all thought that you're right. We all thought Barry Church was pretty good. We all thought, did. Sure. thought he was the one to bring back. It yeah. was more a money thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how much could you pay? But they've evaluated. They did a good job. I know, and I don't like about Jags. We've talked about them earlier. But yeah, I, I kind of, to me, if at nineteen, if the if it presented itself, I wouldn't be against drafting an offensive lineman. I really wouldn't. I mean, because we kind of talk about what were the biggest issues last year. What was the biggest issues with this team? It's a really interesting discussion because it's like – I don't want to make it a draft show, but I'm just saying I I think you have to be prepared. Mickey's right. If you can get a guy that could play guard or is a tackle that could play guard, and I'm not talking about what you tried to do with Chaz Green. I'm talking about legitimately can go play. At 19, you're at the very end of your free agent – or excuse me, your first-round grades, in my opinion, you are. So – They had 18 last year. Yeah. With Connor, and the running back was the last one, right? Am I right? Yes. The kid that, that Minnesota took, the running back from Florida State. Mm-hmm. Calvin Cook. Calvin yeah, Cook. exactly right. So it's one of those things, Tay, that you you make sure that the strength of your team is still the strength of your team, your offensive line. I mean, stack it up. Try to make sure that it's still solid because you rely so much on your running game and 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 protecting your quarterback and I, maybe we 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 expect too much out of your three Pro Bowlers, you know. So if you can find a guy that can make sure that you're still really solid there, maybe well, you do it. No matter what, it's going to be an expensive year for the O line because you got to lock in Zach Martin, right? And they're, 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 and they're yeah. comfortable with that. I, yeah. I, yeah, they've been planning for that. Yeah, as expected. See, that's to me, it's kind of like look at the situation: offensive line, linebacker, which one? In the first, yeah, nineteen. I'd probably go with a linebacker if I knew he's a walk-in starter. Yeah. Does it matter if Hitchens is back or not? You still feel yes. like you need that guy, even if he's back. If Hitch, if you do sign Hitchens, you're gonna you're gonna go somewhere else. See again, draft show. Tay, I'm sorry. No, no, no. no I mean, but 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 it's but it's, a, it's a personnel guys. thing that they've got to yeah. decide. Um, and and I think it all comes down to you can say all the nice things you want about Jalen Smith. Yeah. Is he? A sixty snap a game starter. Yeah. That's and I don't know that they can answer that. Because he was doing really well down the stretch playing maybe a little less than thirty. Something like that. Yeah, because he, he because teams didn't get a chance to plan for him to overexpose him. Right. Or to expose him. Uh, everybody you talk to feel like that he's getting more flex in the foot. You know, more, more, more of that, you know, where we were, you know, initially it wasn't as good. Right. And now you're starting to see he's having control of his foot. But I just like what Stephen Jones said that, that when you look at it and if you can, then they need all three of those guys. Right. They need Sean, they need Jalen, and they need Hitch. And that came right out of his mouth a week ago. It's such a position of uh, attrition because those guys take a beating I mean it's just a physical physical position and they I think nine combined games lost by Lee and Hitchens last year alone I mean think about it you 
we understand what Sean is. You know, he can blame himself for not being available for 16 games. Okay, fine, but stuff happens, right? Right. And and you're you're not a hundred percent sure on what Jalen Smith is. So to me, yeah, linebacker's got to be up there. Near, you know, near the top. And you know, I'm thinking, what if that left guard, like you say, if it's a Connor Williams, Texas again, can play left tackle if something happens to Smith? Yeah. If, if that if that guy legitimately, the, your left guard is a starting tackle, kind of a tackle ability. I'd be down with that at yeah. 19. Absolutely. Give it. See, Get that's it over. I just think, you know, if you're doing this, if you're picking it, four or six or eight, one of those places, you can kind of hone in on a guy. I think at 19, you're at the mercy of the board. And you have to say, maybe you have to think about this thing a little unconventionally. You know, everybody thinks, well, offensive line is the strength of their team. Well, we've also said this, that offensive line was one of the reasons why teams struggled overall, we felt like. It wasn't all on them, but we kind of felt like they got got, uh, held hostage at left tackle. Wasn't good enough. Whoever they put out there, it wasn't good enough. For 16 weeks, with the exception, and there were times when we were Tyron Smith wasn't his Tyron Smith best. You know? No, I think I think that's got to be uh, a high priority, and you cannot let, like you just said, that one position muck up everything. Uh, as for the linebacker, uh, I would be looking for a two for one there, somebody that can play linebacker. But what about? putting your hand on the ground on, on, on nickel situations and rushing as a defensive end. Yeah. Somebody can give me some little extra there. So kind of more of a versatile uh, type player, and, and I, I could qualify that. Look, you can just name me a position, and I bet I can qualify taking it pretty high. Name any position. Wide receiver. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead and take him? No, I'm saying why not? Why not? Yeah. yeah. Who's your Who's your backup if, if Dez goes back? Yes. Yeah. Who Who's your backup? Who's your starting? It's, if it's, Witten goes down, who's your starting tight end? Jeff Swaim. How you feel about James, that? Anna. Anna. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they. I. I think three they or like four Swaim. games. I think they yeah. like Swaim. But sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. D line. You can never have enough pass rushers. D tackle. You got corner. Corner. Safety. Sure. I mean, you got you got to me, and not knowing what's going to happen with Skandrick, you have three guys you can count on. Now, is Marquez White ready to be your fourth if Skandrick's not here? I don't know. Yeah. I, I just think you just need good players, and I don't think any position is going to say, oh, I can't have one of those. What if, what if there's a nice quarterback at the fifth round? Yeah. Nice little QB. I, I, I got no problems with that. Let me ask you this. You're going to love this one. Take one at 19. A quarterback? Yeah. Mm, probably not. Probably not. Take one in the second round? <laughs> Still too high. Is there a guy you got in mind, Brian? No, I'm just trying to get naked. Right. I'm just trying to. He's trying to, get, he's trying to get some competition from Prescott. No, no, I'm trying to Prescott. figure I'm, I'm trying to figure out, though. Oh, do we have a big group behind us? Yeah. I ought to turn around and wave and say, say hi to him. Um, Actually, no, yeah. please do. Yeah. Mickey's going to wait for I'll us. I'll do it. Hi. <laughs> no, but so, welcome to the star, by the way. But you, at 19, you wouldn't. No, no. But you would take an offensive lineman at 19. Yes, absolutely. What position other than the quarterback would you not take at 19? Kicker, punter. 
Well, yeah. Wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> Deep snapper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, would, I don't think I'd, I mean, I wouldn't take a center. Running. Yeah. Um, yeah. What if the center could play guard? Would you take a running back? I want him to play tackle. That's interesting Just you in asked case. that. She asked running back. Uh, yes, uh, not not with the first round pick. Nope. Second not, round? Second or third, I yeah. would take one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Who's, I mean. I think Rod Smith's got a chance to be your backup running back. Has, but Has a chance. But could you, what was the guy you wanted? The kind of Dunbar-like guy? Yeah, I want that toy. Yeah. The guy Taco. they went to, where did he go to? Chargers? Yeah. They Who picked him right before? No. Uh, Philadelphia did, right? Oh, yeah, Pumphrey. The kid from San Diego. Yeah, Pumphrey. Pumphrey, Pumphrey yeah. 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 Give me a give me a guy that can scatter around. Absolutely. You guys catch wind of all of Bryce Butler's comments last week? Yeah. Get it, Mick? Yes, yeah. I saw it. Let me yeah. ask you this, Absolutely. though. Can I ask a question, Tay? Bryce Butler, better player talent-wise than Terrence Williams. I'm not comparing him to more touchdowns this year. I'm not comparing him to uh, to Bryant. I'm keeping it out of that. But does he have a point about Terrence Williams? And but see Bryce Butler, I don't see him as a Z. You know that. But but does he does he have a point about how much time he should have played? Here was his but point they... about Terrence Williams. Let me just read this quickly. Terrence Williams got paid last year, so there were times where I was like, I'm making plays. Aren't we trying to win games? Why am I not on the field? But that's the only thing I can really think of. He's not going after Dez. He's safe, but but in our mind, if you're watching, remember him coming out of training camp? Yeah. He had we a were, really we were, good camp. We and then thinking, what happened early in the season? Yeah. What? Start dropping stop, balls. Start dropping the yeah. ball. And then you lose confidence in a guy. Yeah. And when you're only getting three opportunities or four opportunities in a game, sure. you can't go two for four. Sure. So. And he had the foot down the stretch, too. Well, he had it almost all year. Yeah. Yeah, they got hurt in training camp. Right? That, yeah. So At the end of training camp. he didn't factor that into all his comments. But, you know, if I'm him, and, and I'm sure he was listening to his agent, I'm a free agent. You wouldn't have gone that route? I'm not, I'm not eliminating one team. Yeah. I want all 32 wanting me. Yeah. I'm not going to start eliminating people. Maybe he kind of feels like the writing's on the wall here, though. He well, didn't. He didn't get the opportunity, like you said, over Terrence. They feel comfortable with Terrence there. They drafted two ride receivers last year, although you know Switzer's a different type of receiver, more of a slot guy. Maybe he feels like it's you know this probably isn't the place for me. He's not expecting to get an offer from the Cowboys to come back. Well, he not that not that they won't, but maybe that's his his opinion. Which which year was a better year for him? This year. Or last year? Last year. And who signed him? Cowboys. For a one-year deal. Right. Which means no one else was offering him yeah. anything. He kind of signed early. Didn't he sign before free agency started? He was kind of looking for a job. Parents? I think, uh, Bryce. I, I, think, oh, yeah, I Bryce. think what happened is they started seeing the market where all those guys were getting one-year deals. I, right. I, I, and all of a sudden, people got blown away by Terrence getting a four. I want to say, though, he signed early. Th- I think he probably, and I haven't talked to him about this, but maybe thinking that Terrence wasn't going to be here, and he had an opportunity to bet on himself and be the starter here last year, and it didn't happen. Terrence comes back, and he's back in the same role he was. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, I. It works better when you put the mic in front of your face, though. I'm not talking. Okay. All right. Well, quickly before we have to end today's show, we have a caller all the way from Germany, Bjorn. I hope I said your name right. Yeah, you said it right. Hello. 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 
Um, to make it quick, a um, question you talked uh, before about the influence of Coach Eberflus. Um, maybe Sean Lee has also uh, a huge impact uh, on those linebackers. Uh, just to throw a name out, Devante Holloman, a few years ago, Mickey talked about this on Talking yeah. Cowboys a lot, how he talked with Devante Holloman, studied tape with him. Does this make maybe a chance uh, to draft a linebacker who needs maybe two or uh, two years to get ready to play but can help on special teams and also has a good work ethic? Mm -hmm. And next question is, um, we have a few uh, free agents uh, and if we leave the money out, who should uh, consider to stay with the Cowboys because Uh, for individual success, it's the best choice. For example, would, the, uh, would Hitchens be as good as he is with the Cowboys without having, for example, Sean Lee day by day around him, also on the field, off the field? Or would, for example, Zach Martin, would be, uh, would be he as good as uh, without uh, Travis Redrick next to him? Thank you, guys. Thank you. Quickly, Thanks. if you guys can get to pretty thoughtful question. Yeah, it was. How about your draft show? We had a question. Philippe from France called, and then we have a here question. Dre <laughs> just shows you the, the the scope of our deal here. Global. Yeah, I think that you know, I I do. I think Anthony Hitchens could play in any scheme. I really do. Three four four three. I I I think anywhere Anthony Hitchens goes, if he stays here, great. Absolutely, you'd love to have Anthony Hitchens. The draft that's going to present. I just don't think the draft is going to be as deep as people believe at that position. And you might have to go early. And it might be a guy you might have to reach a little bit on. But, you know, I, I think that whatever, whatever Hitchens goes, he's going to be just as good as he is. Because if you think about it, he played well in Sean's spot when Sean was out. He is, the problem was then they got exposed in the middle. Exactly. he wasn't there. Yeah. He is capable of doing anything in any scheme. And I think that people will see that. And I think that people will give him that opportunity. But there are some guys that fit into what he was talking about, that yeah. mold of you play your role on yeah. this team right. and then you get paid big to go somewhere else. And right. I always bring up Elvin Harper. He was a great number two. Tampa Bay paid him to be a number one, and he wasn't a number one. Right. You know, gave him a big contract, and two years later, he, he was gone. The answer is quite, I think Zach Martin would be an all-pro yes. anywhere. Yeah, but you yeah. have to worry about but that. But you're right. There are certain guys that are in that mold. Well, you guys are all pros, and we hope that our all-pro audience will join us again next Talking Tuesday. We'll be back same time, 11 a.m. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?